Welcome to the Mob Squad, where real moms of boys juggling life, love, a clean house, and being outnumbered by balls. We say bad words, we vent, we cry, we laugh a lot, and sometimes we can be a bit inappropriate. But hey, we're moms of boys, so anything goes. Let's face it, we have real shit, and we know you do too. Life gets hard and messy, but we're not alone, and we're never quiet. We know you're one of us and we're so glad you're here. So grab your favorite drink, fill up that bathtub or get your fitness on and let's get this podcast started. It's going to be a wild ride. So buckle up and let's go. Hi there. Welcome back to the Mob Squad. I'm Amanda. And I'm Ariel. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. How was your weekend? <laughs> oh my God. Um, It was good. Busy with sports and my oldest son had his last basketball game and he did awesome he Mm. had like half the point so I'm proud of him that's awesome I know so proud of him that's super cool mine was really fun I took my middle son to California with my sister and we went to go visit my other sister who's getting married so fun was so fun it was really fun because my middle got to go fishing with my soon-to-be brother-in-law so they had that like fun like uncle Bonding. nephew experience which was really cool and then we went to magic mountain and took him on all the roller coasters that are i have not been there in so long oh is god. it the same <laughs> that was when we were scarier. kids no, is it's, it oh my god <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I used to be like no fear on oh, roller yeah. coasters yeah taking your child with you on a roller coaster it's like a whole new level of scary right i i was like double checking triple checking to make sure that he was locked in oh my god i couldn't Th- these rides are Oh my God, they're Insane. out of control. There's this one ride called, I'm going to say it wrong, Tats, Tatsu. Okay. I think that's how you say it. Never heard of it. Tatsu, God bless you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this ride is out of control. <laughs> you sit in, like you you go in and you sit up straight like you would on any other roller coaster. And then they have like the like chest harness, right? Yeah. And it buckles you in. And then all of a sudden, the ride flips you onto your belly. It also buckles in your ankles, right? So you're oh sitting God. at a 90 degree angle like you would be in a chair. Yeah. And then imagine your chair flipping forward. Flipping forward. Oh. So you're hanging by your chest, but you can't go anywhere because your ankles are strapped in and also your chest is. And you pray to God that it won't come unlocked oh because no, there's no buckle or anything. <laughs> I have never been so terrified in my whole entire life. I will I will never write it again. I will never write it again. I'm getting all anxious right now talking about it. It was so scary. And my son loved it. He thought it was the greatest thing ever. But I was like, I don't know if I need to come back here ever again. (laughs) I was so disappointed in myself because that used to be my jam. No, I feel the same way about roller coasters. We went to what is the Lego play Legoland? Yeah. And, in California? Yeah, yeah. And they're not even bad roller coasters Mm-mm. because it's for like little kids. But I hated it. It gave me like a headache. It made me dizzy. Like, yeah. I'm just like, I don't need to be jerked around in a machine. Oh, the like, jerk is no joke either. It's not. You get like whiplash. Right. I was going for like 40 days. When you're a kid, you don't get whiplash. <laughs> when you're an adult, you're like, holy crap, my neck hurts. My back hurts. Like, I had to take Advil. I was like, no thanks. I don't need. I'll yeah. watch next time. I had time. a headache, instant headache. Yeah. And it lasted. I had to take Advil. One of the worst roller coasters. Yeah. I don't know why we're talking about roller coasters, but one of the worst ones is Disney aliens not magic mountain what's the one where they're space mountain where it's dark yeah that one whips you like crazy and when i got off i was like yeah i'm never doing that again that was like miserable because that's like that's like a A mini ride compared compared to to it yeah these crazy insane roller coasters no and i can't i'm like you where it's like when i was a kid i had no fear and now it's i'm afraid of everything so i'm also afraid of it but also this trip was to go shopping for a wedding dress for my baby sister because she's getting married and in our last podcast we talked about finding friends and i talked about how she had found this friend through a workout group well that friend they just met for the first time last week and i got to be there not for the first meeting but she spent a week there in california with my sister and they love each other and it was beautiful and awesome. awesome and it seemed as though they had known each other their whole entire lives but they just 
met physically for the first time. And it was really cool. So so awesome. I don't know. Shout out to Morgan for being such a good friend of my sister, CJ. That's awesome. (laughs) I love it. It was pretty cool. So yeah, that was my long weekend. Lots of fun. Lots of memories. Well, yeah. Thanks for following up about your, you know, your sister's story, because I think that's such a cool story. And it Mm -hmm. shows that you can make friends when you're older. And she not only are they friends, they're like best friends. I just told you a couple minutes ago before we started recording that she bought my sister's veil as a just as gift. Like, so nice. That thing was almost a thousand dollars. And she was like, I love her. She's my mm. best friend. I want her to have her dream wedding. I and love that. that means having her dream dress and dream veil. My other sister and I were like, oh my God, we love you. You're yeah. so sweet. Because that is such a nice thing. But she was like, what's the big deal? She's my best friend. She's worth yeah. it. Like, Doesn't everybody want a friend like that? Totally. I mean, that like makes me so happy for her. She's a good people. My sister found a good one, but she That's also awesome. found a good one in my sister. She's a good one too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad they <laughs> found each other. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. And a good story. Yeah. Well, that's good. So today's episode is actually going to be on marriages. We're going to talk a little bit about marriages now, and we're going to talk about sex in marriage. Or lack thereof. Or lack thereof. (laughs) Actually, today we're going to focus more on a sexless marriage. Yeah. We might do a part two to this and talk more about sex in another episode, but today we're going to talk a lot more about sexless marriages and what qualifies as a sexless sexless marriage. The information that I found online said it's anywhere from 10 to 20 percent of relationships or marriages, I guess. So we're talking about marriage. And it says having sex less than 10 times a year or... Or less than once a month. Or less than once a month. So I guess, yeah. So that would be like the qualifier, I guess, was what they used in these studies. But there isn't a ton of research on sexless marriages, probably because it's a difficult conversation or a difficult topic. People don't like talking about not having sex in their marriage. And obvious for obvious reasons, I think, because it could be embarrassing. It could be uh, obviously if you're not it's having awkward, sex. It's not an easy topic for people no. to talk about. Well, I don't think sex in general is easy for people to talk yeah. about. Depends on the person. I don't have an issue talking with. And I, I don't, don't think you do either. No, maybe that's why we're friends. But a lot of people I know do have issues talking about it, and not just talking about it with friends, but also talking about it with their spouse, which is part of what I found in my research looking online. Is can be one of the issues in a sexless marriage is that the person doesn't know how to come to their spouse, and it goes both ways. It's not just mm-hmm. women not wanting to have sex with their husbands. There's also a lot of men who don't want to have sex with their husband. <laughs> wives. <laughs> like, what am I talking about here? Probably we are, we are going to be talking but... about heterosexual marriages. No offense to anybody out there. It's not heterosexual, but this is who we this are is, and yeah. this is what we relate to. And so what we know. Unfortunately, we won't be talking about the other ones because it's not something we know anything about. So some of the articles, two of them actually that I read online reference this Reddit conversation Mm -hmm. that is, I guess people go on Reddit and it's called, oh gosh, I'm going to have to look for the name of it, but it was about, there's, I guess there's a lot of conversation topics on Reddit for sexless marriages and oh, it's called Dead Bedrooms. Okay, I found it. It's called Dead Bedrooms and people go there to complain, commiserate and seek help for their relationships. This um, is like a quorum or like a like a chat room or? Yeah. Do you know what Reddit is? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I think it's more more like a chat chat. I don't know. I think people use it for a lot of things, to be honest. I don't really know. But people go on there and just discuss. Yeah, they just kind of like come out. And, and, you know, obviously being online is easier than talking to your friends probably about it because Mm -hmm. it's it's embarrassing or you don't know how to talk about it with them. So these people will go on there and they'll talk about it. And there's women on there who are have husbands that don't want to have sex with them. But there's also a lot of men who have women on there or men that have wives that don't want to have sex. So they just kind of talk about it. (laughs) 
Which That's is good. kind of interesting. I mean, at least they found somewhere Probably they like can a safe go, place for them to go because it can be because really they can awkward. relate to people. And let's face it, the stereotype out there is that all men want to have sex all the time. Yeah, but, but that's, that's not, not true. true. Yeah, and I would be willing to bet that's not true most of the time. Yeah, that's actually it's it's actually not. So I when I think of a sexless marriage, I do always think that it's like the woman not wanting to have sex. Mm -hmm. But there's articles online that say that's not actually true, that there are men who have actually it. The, one of the articles I read said that men and women both suffer from low libidos. Like mm -hmm. it's a very common thing for both sexes. It's not just like mostly women or mostly men. It's actually like an equal problem. So low libido is something that everybody I think goes through at mm -hmm. one time in their life. I don't know. Like, yeah. I didn't actually look that information up, but just thinking back on my own life, when I had kids or babies, mm -hmm. my libido dropped. I think that's normal. Yeah, mine right? too. Yeah. I didn't. I Well, first of all, after I had my first baby, I was terrified to have sex ever again because I thought it would hurt. I don't know why. So it's like, just an idea you that baby you had? And then it, your vagina heals up and suddenly it's closed for business. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I just was terrified that something would go terribly wrong. That's and so, so funny. I didn't. It was a really, I think, God, I think it was like six months before I gave it up after the first baby. Oh, really? It was a very long time. Well, I had. But it was because of this, like. This fear that you had? Oh, terrible fear. How weird. Where did that come from? Do you know? I don't know. I feel like I heard. Like somebody told you that? Courtney Kardashian told me it felt like a, she told me because we're friends. <laughs> Uh, like it felt like a, I feel like it was Kourtney Kardashian. Somebody Probably said somebody. it right after I had my first baby that it felt like a metal rod going into her vagina. It hurt so bad. So I was actually one of and those people that had that happen. You did? Yeah. So yeah. I so I went back to my doctor after that happened. It was painful. And yeah. I was like, oh, my God, what is this? I also had an episiotomy the first time. Mm -hmm. And so I went back to my doctor and she was like, yeah, it might be painful the rest of your life. And I was like, what? Okay, girlfriends. If Nobody you're told to this, me that about having sex true. or having babies and then having sex. Yes. So what anyways, what she did is she gave me a numbing cream so that I could have sex with my husband. I was like, you motherfucker. Mm. Okay. So basically her point, her solution was to give me something so that my husband could have sex because I didn't and get to enjoy it. Right? That's a terrible thing. It first is. Of but all. luckily it went away after like six or seven months. I don't even know how long it was, to be honest. This was 12 years ago. But I thought I was like literally in fear that I was never going to enjoy sex again, that it was going to be painful, but it did go away. And then how I never terrible. had that after my other kids, but I also didn't have episiotomies with the other two. So maybe that's part of maybe. it. I don't know. But I will tell you, if any mama out there listening to this, if any of your doctors say that, get a second opinion, please. Totally. It don't could be health related. It could be a healing thing. It could be a million different things, but don't take sex is going to be painful for the rest of your life if as it, the final yeah. answer. Because I wouldn't either. You, you deserve to get it, girl. For sure. You it should never, sex should never be about one person. pleasure only. and all of that. Yes. yes. It should be about both people. 100%. I always think it should be more about the lady. <laughs> <laughs> I think it should be more about me. Yeah. I got to get mine before you got to get yours. Yeah. Well, whatever works for you. Yeah. He's going to get it no matter what. Okay. Don't you think? I guess. I mean, he's going to finish no matter what. No, I don't think that's true for you everybody. Think guys fake it? No, I don't think guys fake it. But I do think that some people have issues having orgasms. Case in point, I actually found an article online that said millennials are the generation that has the least sex in marriage. Mm. And part of what that article cited was that they are the first generation where porn was easily accessible on cell phones and mm. internet. And so they think that has a large effect on people's body confidence because now they're seeing things on filters and all these things that don't exist in real life. So people mm -hmm. feel less than. But also the porn has become so invasive in that age group that they First of all, we, you and I have talked about this. Porn is not real life. 
People do not have sex like pornos, which is part of what worries me about the younger generations because they think that that's their introduction to sex and that's what they think is normal and it's not normal. Mm -hmm. So obviously, if you grow up thinking that having threesomes is the norm and you're not doing those things, then you're going to feel like you're not good enough. Mm -hmm. Right. But also, I think some men going back to what you're saying like he's going to get his. They're finding now in millennials that some men are having issues having orgasms without porn or getting hard without porn. And so it's affecting their performance because it's they need warped that extra them. Stimulation to- I don't know. I think it's I think it's something that is obviously not healthy hmm. for people. Well, I do think that if it is a result of porn, then it's kind of like we've talked about this before. I don't know if we talked about it on our podcast, but with like pedophiles who are in jail, right? They don't start with kitty porn. Right. They start with missionary porn or Playboy magazine, and then they go to sexual relationships and then so on. And each of those fetishes increase because they're no longer getting that stimulation from what used to be. Like it's exciting missionary, because it's so novel. Now they, now they want doggy style or now yeah. they want a three-way or now they want a mono- or a orgy and now they want, yeah. you know, it's the guy, all of these different things. The guy on the Underground Railroad. The guy the, on the Underground Railroad. Whatever was, his name is. He was the one that said when he interviewed sex offenders, mm-hmm. they said like, he's like, yeah. how'd you become like this man? Like, what is the deal? Like, why are you going after kids? And they're like, well, it wasn't, it started mm-hmm. with porn. And then all started with porn. This wasn't good enough anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I need something more exciting and more exciting, more exciting. And then they developed into this. And I don't think that happens with everybody. I don't think that's like across the board. No, anybody who sees porn is going to eventually end up being a pedophile. But I do think it's a problem. No, I th- it's the it's the problem with addiction of something of that's sex. unrealistic because it's not the way sex is every day of your life. Right. right? Those might be right. experiences that you have in your for, life. For some maybe. people, maybe never. But the likelihood is probably never for the majority. Wouldn't right. you say? Right. So, well, it's just not normal. It's it normalizes yeah. something that's not normal. Right. I think that's the bottom line. So they become desensitized and now they can't get hard or and a girl, does it say anything about women or the millennials? Mm-hmm. Or is it mostly just men not being able to perform? It's, no, it was I think well, I think it f- affected the women more in terms of like not, their self-esteem, their and self-esteem their and, and their like, confidence because they're have you like ever seen that show Euphoria? I feel like I've told you about this. It's a really it popular really show familiar. on Netflix. It's got Zendaya in it, who our boys love, <laughs> but they're not allowed to watch this show. Yeah, it's... I haven't seen it. Um, anyway, I have only seen bits and pieces of it, but I do remember in the very first season, there was this girl, I think her name was Kat in the series, and she, lovely girl, cute, a little bit overweight, plain Jane. There was this scene where they're at a party and she's sitting with a bunch of guys and they're like, you're a prude. You're the... And she's like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. And I think she gives them like a hand job or blowjob in the middle of this room with all of these other people just to prove that she wasn't a prude. Yeah. And I thought, I think about that moment because I think a lot of young girls feel that way. Yeah. Right. There's this expectation that they have to perform like what they're seeing on porn. And that's right. Terrible. It's awful. Yeah, it is. It does. It does put unrealistic expectations on people. And I think people do things they don't want to do because Mm -hmm. of that. And then I think that creates resentment especially in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Like if your partner's wanting you to do things that you don't want to do, I don't know. That's just my opinion, I guess. But well, I think that's where the lines of communication really need to be open. And and like Chris and I have had these conversations where. Yes. Go ahead. No, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Where we've and it. Listen, we just remember last week I told you we just celebrated yeah. our 20 year date anniversary. Yeah. And it's taken a long time. And I don't know if it's because I'm like 40 now and I'm more confident in my skin and my thoughts and I don't care as much about being the people pleaser I once was. Yeah. But I feel like I can talk to him a lot more about 
what turns me on or what I want to try or what might be more exciting. And he's open to hearing that. Yeah. More. So So you're you're doing that more, you're saying now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Don't you think I, you're doing do you feel like you're doing No, I think Austin and I have always been pretty open about our sexual our sex sexual life, our <laughs> sex life. He, my husband is just a very communicative <laughs> how do you say that? Communicative. He communicates well Cater. with me about those things. And I think I'm, we're very comfortable with each other. Like we are very open Mm -hmm. with each other about things. I think we have a lot of communication issues, but what I was going to say when you thought I was going to interrupt you, I was going to say that a lot of the articles that I read talked about communication being a big issue. Mm -hmm. So like if you are in a sexless relationship and you're not talking about it, that's a problem. And it becomes a problem probably because it's always been a problem. Like you, you never communicate about communicated about sex. And then, then you started having sex less often and now you're not having sex at all and you're not communicating about it. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of information on the internet of how to fix a sexless relationship, talking about, you know, talking about your desires, talking about what you want from a sex, what you want from a sexless, why can I not talk? (laughs) What you want in your marriage, in, in your sexual relationship, like what is intimacy for you? Mm -hmm. Because really sex a sexless marriage isn't the problem. According to one of the articles I read, it said some people are happy. If there's two people in a sexless relationship and they're both content and happy Mm -hmm. because they find other ways to connect to each other, whether it's love letters or massage or whatever it is. Holding hands. Holding hands. If that's their- Spending time together. Spending time together. If that's enough for them and they're more asexual or they just both have low libidos and they're both okay with that, then it's not a problem. Mm -hmm. It's a problem when one partner is wanting it and the other one is not. And so that could be- one of the articles said could be an issue of libido. Like one has a high libido, one has a low libido. That Mm -hmm. is not compatible. So if you don't communicate about it, it becomes a huge problem. And maybe you want to fix it. Like we've discussed low libidos, I think are very common. Yeah. Among men and women. I'm actually sort of going through that right now where I've I haven't been able to be intimate with my husband in that way. Because of the surgery. Because I had this hip surgery. And I I think I've shared this before on another podcast where I'm unable to spread my legs the way one yeah, needs to. Because your surgery right? is on your hip. In because case my, anybody's my, listening surgery, to this for yeah. the first time and they're like, so what? I've, I've turned a corner and I'm doing a lot, uh, you know, adding more activity into my life and the pain is starting to go away. So I, we did do it and it's it hurt. So it wasn't super enjoyable for me, but I'm so glad that we had that moment because I was getting kind of annoyed with him and irritated like, why do I hate you so much when I actually yes. really like him a lot? And I really, I do really love my husband, but I also, which I think is so much more important sometimes is that I like him. Like I want to hang out with him. He's my friend. I don't just love him because he's my husband and he's the father of my kids. I actually really enjoy him yes. as a human. Same. You know what I mean? I like yes. him. So the, it has been a, diffi- a difficult recovery we did finally become intimate and it hurt. And I was excited when it was over. <laughs> I was also really like thankful for that skin to skin that we had. Yeah, the intimacy. It made us feel a lot closer. It's not about the sex. It's yeah. about the intimacy. It's about the intimacy. Yeah. It's about looking at each other in the eyes. It's about that skin to skin contact is gold, really. Yeah. I, yeah. I actually forgot. And I was afraid to do it. I was afraid it was going to hurt. Right. It did hurt, but I got through it and it was great. And now... Now it's still kind of awkward. I'm not going to lie. It's still kind of awkward because I know it's going to hurt again when I have when I when I have to do it. I don't mean it like when I have to do it, but I'm worried about that because I also really want to enjoy it. But what I will say that's working for us is that I am constantly talking to Chris about this. Like, mm-hmm. I hope that you know this is not you. I love you so much. Right. 
I, I can't wait for this to happen. It's going to make me emotional because I do think it's been a real problem mm-hmm. in our marriage, not because of anything that he's doing to make me feel a certain way, but it's yeah. just, this sucks. And it has affected so much of our relationship because that intimacy is not as easy as it once was. Mm-hmm. And I know it's not forever, but but it could be if we don't work on it. For sure. Right? Like, yeah. And so we have to do this hard stuff right now, which is like talking to each other mm-hmm. and finding ways. Like he likes to hold hands. That's not necessarily my jam, but I know that means a lot to him. So I've been trying to do that a lot more. Like he yeah. kisses me good morning. He kisses me goodbye. When he comes home, he always kisses me. So I'm trying really hard to be more into that. Yeah. To like show him that I... I'm still here and I love you so much. Right. The, the intimacy hasn't died because time. you're not in love anymore because right. that might be going mm-hmm. through his head. And I think what I learned totally. from reading like those Reddit like conversations, mm-hmm. the article that talked about, it, I didn't go to the Reddit website, but they said like some that goes through people's heads. Like when you stop that communication, mm-hmm. then the people start to wonder like, what's wrong with me? Like, why don't they love me anymore? What do did they, I do? Are they not attracted to me yeah. anymore? Are they cheating on me? Mm-hmm. Like there's all those things that go through your head. So the communication and keeping that open is so important. Like, I don't know how you're so amazing at everything, but like <laughs> the fact that you know that you need to continue to tell him those things is awesome oh. because I feel like if I'm dealing with health stuff, I just shut down. And so if I'm, if I'm not communicating with my husband, he might start to think those things. And I think you're doing the right thing by continuing to, to try to find other ways to be intimate and keeping that communication over open. And I, you know, like sex doesn't have to just be penetration. Like sex could be playing with toys or oral stimulation or different things like that. It can be, but if you're not in the mood, that's you're not in the mood for anything. And you're not in the mood for any of that. Like, I feel like for me, I would, if I'm not in the mood, I'd rather just have sex and get it over with than like bust out toys and make this a fucking totally, process. Like, totally. This doesn't have to when be I, an event. Yes. Let's when just, I don't want to have sex, I'm like, let's just get it done and over. Let's my husband's like, no, I want, I want it to be like drawn out and enjoy it. And I'm like, no, yeah, like, like nope. if you want it, it's happening or it's Bend not. It over the bed, baby. Let's <laughs> <Yeah>. go. <laughs> Wham, bam. Thank you, man. Let's do this. Totally. But what I will say is once you're in it, and I think that we've talked about this before and both you and I agree, but I, and there's also a lot of research out there that backs it up. You, once you're in it, then you can get into it. You just have to say yes. It's that feel it, do it. When you feel it, do it. Yes. I stand by that so much. If one of us feels it, the other one has to do it. Not right now. We're still working our way back up to yeah. it. But yeah. in general, when you feel it, do it. You will not regret it. You'll never regret it. Yeah. So I agree with you, but I am also a very stubborn person. So I know if my husband was listening to this right now, he would definitely say (laughs) there are times where I make myself do it because I'm not in the mood and he is. Yeah. And then afterwards, I'm like, oh my God, we need to do that more. Because when you feel it, do it. You feel more close. Yes. Yes. And I stop hating him as much. Mm -hmm. I am a very like hot, cold, whatever. I'm very passionate. I hate you. I hate you. I love you. I'm definitely hormonal. Sometimes that Mm -hmm. definitely plays a role. I'm not going to pretend like it doesn't. But I think when we are having sex consistently, those feelings of anger dissipate a lot quicker. If we haven't had sex in a while, then I want to fucking murder him and I want a divorce and I want this and I want that because you're not being intimate. And so I think to to not just keep that intimacy going just to have somebody be sexually satisfied. Like it's so important to understand that it also keeps that connection going. And for us, I don't know, just like where we are in our lives with kids being little and like having stress of like being busy Mm. or just dealing with kids in general that like, if you start to lose that intimacy, I feel like it's going to be so much harder to get it back later when your kids are older. Because your kids are like easy to blame, right? Like we can't. (laughs) Well, and I mean that in- You mean like how they affect your life? Yeah. Yeah. Like I shared on another podcast, this fight that Chris and I had and the stakes burnt, right? Mm. This was, maybe it was the last 
one or two ones. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We talked about that. And there was, I was like, we have to make more time for each other. Like we don't, we haven't been on a date in ages. We haven't gone on a vacation, just the two of us. There's something that we are missing. We need to get that connection back. And he's like, well, we have the kids. They have their activities and they have that. I'm like, God damn it. Like, I don't want to hear that as an excuse. They're never going to go away. We have kids. They're never going to go away. They're here. I don't know what to tell you. They're here. We have to figure out a way to be intimate while we still have all of this stuff. Totally. Like, you can't wait. Shit is going to come up. But then I was like following this doctor. He's a sex therapist. I actually just started following him on Instagram because I was really curious about this topic. And he posted something. I forget what his name is. Something Alan. He's out of Texas. But he posted something of him and his wife cooking. And he said, foreplay can last all day long. And it comes through these intimate moments, right? So like he had a selfie of him, or I guess it wasn't a selfie. He just like set up his camera just so she was cooking at the stove and he like came up behind her and just sort of wrapped his arms around her in a really sexy sort of intimate way. And mm-hmm. they look like normal people. They don't look like, you know, Giselle and Tom Brady. They're, what does that matter? I don't know. Sometimes I feel like, well, of course you want to wrap your arms around her because you're oh. fucking 10 going on 11. No. Like, meanwhile, I'm a hot mess express. I haven't showered in three days. Oh, and I, I don't, saying. my husband's going to wrap his arms around me. Gross. But at the end of the day, even though I haven't showered for three days, my husband still finds me sexy. So I'm going to let him wrap his arms around me while I'm stirring up the ground turkey for Taco Tuesday. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I have like a visual. Yeah. It's like, but he's saying foreplay doesn't just happen in the bedroom. It doesn't have to be five minutes. For sure. It can last all day. And it's through those intimate moments. I of, forget what doctor I listened to, but he's like a woman's biggest sexual organ is her brain. Is her brain. Yeah. yeah my friend says that too. Yeah. It's true mm-hmm. for sure. And I know like when I'm not in the mood, it's probably because my husband been super busy so he's absent he's not home he's not helping me with stuff around the house the kids are fighting like it's the stress levels and but if my husband going away the kids are always never there. going away yeah that never changes i totally agree with that i don't want them to go away but no i don't either like, also a big cock block right <laughs> not you are so funny no they they can be yeah for sure they can be yeah it's the biggest but, cock block in my life are my three kids <laughs> i will tell you that by the time they're all in bed i'm exhausted totally i don't yeah, but not a cock block and like they're keeping you on top of me get out of here with when your you see cock block i think of like they're preventing you from having sex like they're standing there like in the bedroom being like no mom and dad you can't have sex but what you're well, saying is they, they that's that's what i'm picturing ew i know that's why it's funny you say stuff that are so funny but one time my son walked in on us i think i told you that before yeah you have told i, I mean that story is like burned into my head <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know how you live like that. I hope that. it's not burned like, into his head. I think it might be. He was like, <laughs> he was little. He was very little. Maybe two even. I think he was probably two. He was there for a while. I have no, I have no idea. So funny. I hope he's not ruined. No, he's not ruined. I think it's, <laughs> it's, here's the thing. My husband and I will make time even yeah. if the kids are home. Yeah. You guys are really good at that. But, but like, it's a must do. Mm-hmm. So I think that we look at it like from the perspective of, this is something that adults have to do <laughs> to like stay sane mm-hmm. and and keep that intimacy going. I think I think we would be divorced if we didn't have sex as much as we well, do. And why do you think that is? Because I think with yours and Austin's relationship, just from my perspective, it's not like any other relationship that I'm familiar with. Really? I think that you guys have sex a lot more than most people do. Is that okay for me to say that? Yeah, that's totally fine. Like we've been on trips before. Yeah. And you guys have snuck off into the woods. Yeah. To go pound it out. Yeah. Like 
anytime we're on a trip, I feel like you sneak away in the middle of the day. Because you and I love that. I think it's so great. It's not a dig or a jab or anything. No, it's no, just, no, I know. It's awesome. I think most people would kill to have that. But what do you think that is? Is it because you both have the same level of libido? No. Is it because I don't like Well, I think that we are both sexual people. Mm-hmm. But I will say that my libido has had times of suffering for yeah. sure. And that the and to be honest, I give full credit to Austin. He makes it a priority mm-hmm. and he pushes me to do do it when I don't want to. And then you do it and you're very happy that you did it. 99% of the time. Of the time okay. Yes. Yes. But I think the underlying thing that makes us different mm-hmm. is that we really, truly love and care about each other. Yeah. Because if I was being forced to have not forced to have sex. He's not like raping me, but like, no, but he's, he's pushing initiating me, it. He's initiating, he's initiating it, it and telling me he communicates with me. He communicates about nothing, literally nothing. Well, he's okay? very good at communicating at that. The only thing he's good at <laughs> communicating about is sex. And if he needs it because it's been too long or whatever, he will tell me. Mm-hmm. But so when I feel pressured into doing it, but I know that I love my husband deep down inside. So I'm doing it because I love him, not because he's making me right. want to make that very clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that part of that is is different for some people because there's not that love or connection there. And I don't want to call anybody out or make anybody feel bad, but I'm just trying, like you asked me the question yeah. of what I think is like different. And I do, I don't know because to me, my relationship is normal. But every time I tell friends about how like, well, I think it's happy normal. we are sexually, they're always like shocked at how much we have sex. Yeah. It's a shocking thing. I mean, we don't have sex 20 times a day. Like, I just want to make Seems that clear. Like <laughs> but I no, do. But, but I do. But that's what for I, you. Whoops, this is sorry. very normal for you in Austin. It's normal for me. So mm-hmm. they, so I'm always kind of surprised when people tell me that they don't have sex with their husbands and not in a way that like, like, I know everybody goes through stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like this year has been the first year where I've really struggled with my libido the most because mm-hmm. I have been sick, basically, yeah, dealing with a health issue. And after having kids, every time I had a kid, breastfeeding and all of that stuff, that is definitely was harder for me to want to have mm-hmm. intimacy during those times. But for the most part, I think we both are attracted to each other enough and love each other enough that we want to make it a priority Mm -hmm. and we do prioritize it even in situations where sometimes I get mad (laughs) because I'm like like the kids are home on the weekend or whatever we'll literally lock the lock the yeah they are (laughs) told you we'll lock the door and of course they don't need us the whole day but the minute that we want to be intimate and lock the bedroom door they are at they're banging their you know mommy daddy mommy daddy and it's like sticking their fingers under the door yeah (laughs) like trying to open it or unlock it or something. So, I mean, but we do make it a priority in that way. So I think, I don't know. I think that's really good. I think that there's a lot of power in having somebody who's the initiator, right? Like I, I, I am attracted to my husband. I deeply love him. I want to have that connection with him. We don't have sex as much as you guys do. We just don't. It's not because you guys love each other more than Chris and I love each other. And I'm not saying that that's the the reason, but I think that he's not He's not an, inis- ugh, he an is initiator. He's not the initiator like Austin is. He's like, he'll send me a signal and I really have to be paying attention to know that he wants to go down. Usually yeah. it's Chris Stapleton on the radio. And then I'm like, oh, there we go. Okay, <laughs> let's go. But do you know what I mean? Because he's not, he, he'll he send out little sexual cues okay. that have taken me years to really pick up on because he's not like. So he's not outright communicating. No, not not about when he wants it. But if I were to be like, babe, let's go. He, he's 
in there faster than I could finish saying, let's go. Yeah. Because he wants it. So at he's all always times, down. But he's not the, like, the and I don't like saying the aggressor, but he's not the one that's like. Pushing for it. Right. But yeah. he's always down for it. But if, if you went sense. for a long time not being intimate, would he then be like, hey, it's been a while. I, I yeah, feel like yeah, we're not. Yeah, we're having that right now. We're going through that right now. But, so he will communicate that with yes, you. Yes, but it will take a while to get there because he's very kind and gentle and understanding and just like yeah. letting, like taking me where I'm at. Yeah. So he won't ever say something to make me feel bad about the fact that we're not having sex. Sounds amazing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah, except. He sounds like a great guy. He's a great guy. It's except some right now, I think. And maybe this is where I need to communicate a little bit more. Like maybe mm. I do need him to take more of a role like Austin to be a little bit because I'm scared and it hurts. And yeah, I, you know, I got to just keep going and putting myself out there so that my vagina doesn't close up. What if that happens? Or what if what if something gets so bad that or this continues on for so long and then we do fall out of love because that connection's not there? Like there's, yeah. this is this is like real hard work that we're in right now and dangerous territory where we're fine currently. Yeah, but we could go take a hard left real soon and it could go south from here, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think about those things like just in talking about it now. Like obviously we have a little bit more work to do. It doesn't mean that I don't deeply love him and he doesn't deeply love me. No, but like, not at all. Maybe it's, we do need to talk about it but a little bit. It more. goes back to like one of the articles I read that it depends. It's it's not about the sex. It's about the intimacy. Mm-hmm. And so even if you're not having sex, are you happy? Because yeah. that's the question you have to ask yourself. Are both partners happy? Because mm-hmm. if one's happy not having sex and the other isn't then that's not okay. But if they're both happy not having sex or they're both happy having lots of sex, that's what matters. And so I think it, you always have to be doing those temperature checks and you always Mm -hmm. have to be communicating. I think that's the biggest bottom line. And I think if you're in a marriage where you don't feel like you can communicate about it, then you need to get help somehow. You need to like go to a counselor or a sex therapist or something where they can give you tools. Because obviously Amanda and I are not like psychiatrists or anybody like professional. We're just talking about our experiences. (laughs) Experts of our own shit shows. We are, (laughs) we are. But this does not translate for everybody. Like somebody might have their own issues that are totally unrelated to what we're talking about. Well, and there could be health issues. Like I, we have, yes. right now health we're in a lull is for a, big a very one. specific reason. Yes. I've been in a lull before with Chris where my libido is turned off and I had to start taking testosterone. I think I talked about this in another. Like, yeah. I will not take no for an answer on sex is going to be painful for my, the rest of my life or I won't like, like, accept that as an answer. That's so scary. I'm yeah. not going to let that happen or your libido is going to suck the rest of your life. No. Yeah. Well, that. the libido thing that. you should always get help for. There's options. Go to yeah. a natural path. Look into hormone. Hormone, th- hormone therapy is the single most important thing, I think, when you're in your 40s because yeah. your body is changing so much. Yeah. We're exposed to so much. I, I even think younger people suffer mm-hmm. with hormone issues. Yeah. Like you could be in your 30s and have mm-hmm. low testosterone or whatever causing your low libido. Or you could have another health issue. It's always important to go Mm -hmm. check that out and see what's going on because nobody should have to suffer like that. It's just like saying incontinence after kids is normal. It's not normal. You can have surgery. There's exercise. (laughs) Like you should not live like that. I haven't peed my pants since... 2019. (laughs) Thanks for sharing. It's the best surgery. Oh, man. All right. (laughs) Let's talk about the 10 signs that tell you when to walk away from a sexless marriage. So this is on marriage.com. And I don't really (laughs) know what the hell marriage.com is. But one of the things they said is your partner is not willing to work on the issue. So obviously, this goes back to the fact that if you 
are in a marriage, it takes two to tango. Like if one person's not willing to work on it, then there's nothing you can do. Like you cannot force somebody to want to be in a relationship with Mm -hmm. you, to want to fix things, to have sex, whatever. That is definitely something you can't make happen. Uh, Another one was sex sex issues are the tip of the iceberg. So a lot of the times when people are not having sex, it usually starts like, like, let's say there's not a physical reason, like in our situations or low libido, like Mm -hmm. that's a physical reason, but there might be an underlying dissatisfaction in the relationship. I know just in my marriage that when we have financial stress, then that creates a lot of problems in every other area. So disagreements about money, parenting, power struggles, constant fighting, physical, emotional, or substance abuse, all of those things can obviously lead to dissatisfaction. So what does that go back to? Communication. Communication. So if you're not talking about, hey, I don't want to have sex because I'm super stressed out about X, Y, and Z, then your partner doesn't know, but they might internalize it and say they're just not attracted to me or make up their own reasons in their heads why you're not having sex. Well, I think too, you mentioned parenting on there. If you don't parent the same, that's really hard. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. How do you want to have sex with somebody that you're mad at? Yeah. Or that that's, punished your kid? That's the biggest reason Austin and I don't have sex is I'm angry at For parenting? Or not just, just parenting, but anything. Like yeah. not helping enough or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I think anger is always the biggest Here's driver the key. for me. All I, you want to know the secret to my turn on? What? <laughs> Being a good dad. Oh, really? That is like, oh God, yeah. Because being a good dad is so hot. It is definitely a turn on for sure. I know when when Austin coaches, it is a huge turn on. Totally. When Chris gets in the water and teaches my kids how to like water ski or wakeboard or any of that, I'm like, oh, let's go. (laughs) Hold on, I'm gonna jump in the water with you. I can't (laughs) handle it. I'm so, I like- being a good dad, for sexiest sure. thing in the world. For sure. I think that is so definitely. When yes. you're being a shitty parent or you're not parenting the same. Yeah. And or you're too hard on your kid, whatever it is, and you're fighting about that, like I could totally see why that's a big turnoff. For sure. Want to do that. For sure. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up now. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you both have different sexual preferences and drive. So I think this one have you ever watched that goop on with Gwena? The, the goop? Yeah, yeah it's on Gwena. Netflix. She has like some show. Mm-hmm. And I remember they did like a couple's sexual therapy or something or other. And they did like, they talked about, oh, it was like couples who were having issues in their sex life. And I don't know, I, I should have looked it up before I came on this. But anyways, they did like a couple's therapy. And one of them was like, they did these weird touching exercises where this the, the guy had a huge sex drive and the wife had like no libido. And he was wanting her to do things sexual she wasn't comfortable with, but there, but the sex therapist was like, why don't we find other ways that you can connect intimately? And I think her turn-ons were like, I don't know, it was like feathers and all this stuff. And he had never done that with her before where he like put different things on her body and they both got turned on by it. And she wasn't doing something she didn't want to do, which is what he wanted, but she was doing something that made her turned on that also worked for him. So it's like sometimes finding those things. That's where I think a sex therapist can be helpful, especially if you have issues communicating about Mm -hmm. sex, like what you want, what you like, what turns you on. Or if you have like a a bigger, like some, I think one of the articles I read said like, if somebody has a super high sex drive and the other person has like no sex drive and they don't want to fix it, like then that's not a marriage that's going to work. Like there's going to be cheating involved or something Anyways, so the next one is partner is withholding sex to exercise control. That seems like a girl thing. (laughs) It does. It does. It is a form of abuse. And if communication isn't helping to solve the problem, it is better to walk away. Okay. This was the title was to know when to walk away from a sexless marriage. I would love for Chris to be like, if you don't do this, I won't have sex with (laughs) you ever again. Cool. (laughs) Cool story, bro. (laughs) It totally seems like a woman thing. Oh my God. I feel like I've seen so many sitcoms about that where 
the like there it's like a scene or whatever and then the boys like i'm gonna with old sex in there all the women are always like fine with me yeah no, no worries keep okay. doing that <laughs> but the opposite is like so mean i think it is yeah that's because i do feel like men are more sexual you, uh, yeah well i mean for yeah. most for most of them maybe i don't know i yeah chris chris is more sexual than me austin's more sexual yeah so that's 100 percent of our <laughs> our pool our experience <laughs> okay there's a lack of love so if you're you yeah. and your partner have drifted apart in marriage and there's no love this is one way to know when you need to walk away from a marriage obviously you're going to be dissatisfied if you don't love somebody but i just it says the base of the relationship is lost i think that can happen in life i don't think anybody should feel shame for that either no i think if you just fall out of love with somebody that 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 can happen. Right. Because it's like what we say. Well, I think you've said this in a past podcast. Like if you're not growing together, you're growing apart. Yeah. I always say that. Yeah. Lack of so, sex is causing infidelity. Mm. Uh, when you are in a sexless marriage, both the partners find it hard to stick to each other. If it has gone to such an extent that it's causing infidelity from both or either of the partners, then it's better to split up. Yeah. I just don't know well, why people let it get to I that point. I agree point. with that totally. You don't? No. Okay. Why? Because... Going back to this example that I have, actually, Chris and I just talked about this the other day and he got kind of offended when I said this, but I wasn't like accusing him or giving him permission. I would, but basically the conversation went with, I'm so sorry that I like, I'm, I want you to know I'm really trying and this sucks for me too, mm -hmm. but I'm working on it. Like if you ever cheated on me, I would understand why. Which, you said that to him? Yeah, but it wasn't like, I wasn't like trying You're not to give him permission. Was, no, I was no. not giving him permission. I was just like, Chris is very like black and white when it comes to cheating he's not a forgiving person we have it, it, we've known people that he just doesn't get it he's like we I don't we get it either I'm in front of god I'm the same I I just don't understand where I come at it from a like I'm trying to understand what might have occurred to make that happen but like if you're in a high libido low libido relationship I could see why somebody might stray I also my sister just asked me the other day there was like this thing with Justin Timberlake a few years ago I think you remember he was like super drunk and holding hands with another woman and she was like what do you think about that I'm like I think that he, maybe it was his friend and I think that the media blew it out of proportion and made it into something that it probably wasn't but like maybe also he was in a moment with his wife where he felt like he needed to escape and there was something deeper going on I don't know what the story was but I would be curious to know why okay. right now I'm not giving it to my husband and if he had a higher libido I could see why he might go get it somewhere else. I'm not, I've been in a ton of pain. My attitude has sucked. Right. I've taken a lot of responsibility with, for all of that. But this is like month five of the year. I had Janu surgery in January. It's been a long time. Like, And I'm realizing now, because I have turned a corner and my pain is not anywhere near as bad as it was just two weeks ago. I cannot even believe how much pain I was in and how what a bitch I was. My kids, my husband, my sister, all my family, like, because I was in so much fucking pain all the right. time. Right, I like, think that's understandable. So I could see is hard. why he would go. But what are you saying? That that's like, justified then? No, I, don't I just don't think it's like time to walk away. I do. Immediately. <laughs> I do. I don't think... Christopher... If you're listening, <laughs> this is not a hall pass. No, I don't think that's what I you're saying. saying. I'm just no, saying, I'm not you're, saying that. I'm you're just saying, saying that like, you understand. I understand how that might happen. Okay, so sometimes. if that happened in your marriage right now, if you would be like, it's okay. No. Not okay. No. Like, not okay that he did that, but you're like, I might forgive you because I understand. Yes, I might forgive really? him. Really? Christopher, <laughs> we are not the same. If you're listening, I don't think he'll ever I, do that. That is noble of you. I think but that's awesome. I am not understanding of I, that. And I guess it's because I've seen people 
be cheated on that mm-hmm. were close to me. I've also had it happen to myself. Yeah. It was the most pain I've ever been in my life emotionally. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it's just my perspective, but I think it's an unforgivable offense. I think if you think that you're close to cheating or you have a moment of being close to breaking down in that, I think that's when the communication, if it's not happening, you just need to leave. If you can't communicate before you do something like that. I think you know a long time before you cheat that that the marriage is over. I think that given the way that my behavior has been over the last several months, if he were to have one moment of weakness, one, not an affair, not like a whole like a whole thing, year or something, but it was yeah. something where he got a little bit of attention that was loving and kind and, and You're he a better fell person victim than me. to that, you <laughs> know, not. or guilty of that. Listen, I'm thankful that <laughs> I don't to have to go through that. Talk to I, me if no, it ever happens. I never want to talk about not this because I don't think but... it will happen and I hope it doesn't. But I also think that this statement here, it's not so black and white, I guess is the point. It's not okay. so black and white. I think that there are- I think are it depends on the person. Extenuating circumstances. Obviously, it depends on the situation. And if somebody chooses to forgive their partner and they choose to walk down that path together and get through it, then Ooh. then that's their choice. And that's wonderful that they've decided to save their relationship because it was worth fighting for. I think it's nice. worth saving. I think it's nice that that's people can That's all I'm saying, I guess, is the I don't understand long, it. drawn out way I'm trying to say. Okay. So your understanding of people who've gone through that. It is very difficult for me to be understanding, but I but I am trying, like I try to be. Well, you're a better person than I am. And I'm supportive of anyone who decides that they're going to fight for her. I think the trust is never there again, but that's just wow. me. I mean, and did you ever yeah. watch the Desperate Housewives? What's that chick that was in California? Desperate Housewives was my jam. Was it? Oh, I haven't yes. watched it in so many years. The chick that was on the show, she was in California. I think it was Orange County. And she oh, went- wait, to- are you talking about Real Housewives? Maybe. No, I've never seen that show. Real Housewives? That's the reality show. Yeah. What's Desperate, Desperate Housewives was with like a movie. No, it was like a, a oh. drama that was on TV. They all lived on Wisteria Lane. It was about all these housewives. Oh, and yeah. they, there was like murder and yeah. Oh, I can't. I now so I remember good. that. Okay, so that was when I was younger. No, I'm talking about the reality show. What was her name? She was in Orange County, and she her husband cheated. They had daughters. I think like three or four daughters, and they tried working on it for like five years or something. And then they eventually gave up because she could never trust him again. And yeah. I was like, good for them for trying to work Did it. he continue cheating? Did he, what? Did he continue cheating? No, oh. he admitted to it. They, he supposedly he stopped. I don't know. I never, I never, I don't know. I haven't, I don't know. I got rid of cable a long time ago. So I don't know what the <laughs> actual story is, but I'm pretty sure they ended up breaking up. I just know that every season that I watched, they would always have fights. They were always in therapy. They were staying together for their daughters or whatever. And she was never, she could never forgive him. And mm-hmm. I just think that that happens most of the time. So well, maybe there I, are rare people that, that can. This happened too, and it rocked their marriage so hard, but they came back better and stronger after lots of therapy. Then they, lots of discussions. In my book, they're of, high, but they high are up on angelhood because so much happier. I don't know how that could happen. Then what they were. I get it. What does it kill I mean? you makes you stronger, maybe type of situation. Yeah. That's why I just think that particular statement might not be. <laughs> okay. There's a little gray in there for like 0.1% in my opinion. (laughs) So let's go to the next one. Therapy, (laughs) therapy isn't working. So when you've undergone therapy and it's not going, doing any good to the relationship, it's possible that the relationship is um, no longer worth fighting for. Okay. I get that. You've 
giving it all you've got. You tried therapy and that's where you're at. I get that. Yeah. Sometimes I think mm-hmm. people, like we said, just you're grow apart. growing together. You're growing apart. You're growing apart. I don't think divorce is always the answer if you have a sexless marriage. Obviously, there's things that you should do and try before you just like throw in the towel. And I think a lot of people go through periods of not having sex. And I think that's totally normal. Like marriages have ups and downs. Like that's life life mm-hmm. like there's no way around it life is never perfect for anybody or we wouldn't be here right yeah dealing with a sexless marriage there's no normal or healthy it's only what works for you according to this article and i kind of agree with that just like you just said about the cheating like if that couple that you know is happy and it worked for them then that's great i'm happy for them mm-hmm. it was it's not something that i would ever put up with but well that's for you yeah and that, that's, and that's me though and that's okay for that's you what i'm saying so Just it's whatever like works okay for you for them. right it's whatever works for you and your partner because don't forget you're making this decision together usually right yeah. <laughs> um and sexual intimacy can be rehabilitated uh so if you want to improve your sex life it can be accomplished understanding why it is happening is important as will, does it say how to rehabilitate your sex life? Does it give you tips? Because maybe we does. should talk about that on it our next episode. Abandon norms, focus on satisfaction. I, but that's it. I didn't print the rest of the article. All right. We're going to do some research on that. Yeah, we can do, do that. another podcast on. We can for sure. I think reviving your sexless here's marriage. Here's the bottom line. I think that nobody in a sexless marriage that's unhappy, because I guess there's sexless marriages where they are happy, their companions or roommates or whatever they are, and that works for them. But if you or somebody you know is in a sexless relationship, I think you should definitely get help for it. Like, don't let it continue on. If you know it's a problem, I think you should address it. And I know it might be like a scary thing to address. But it doesn't just mean therapy. No, it, it doesn't. Be, no, it it could just be communicating more. It could be communicating more. It could be health issues. If your libido is not right, go to the doctor, make yeah. an appointment, do check your hormones. Do something about it. Yeah. See a naturopath. I am a big advocate in that. I I love all of the doctors that I have. My naturopaths are the ones that have changed my hormonal life. Yeah. Because when they do your blood work, m- most doctors look at it from an 18-year-old to 70-year-old perspective. Yeah, what's normal for the population, right. but so it's not healthy. You might be at the high, higher end of normal where it would become abnormal if you were 70, right? right? But if it's not in that middle, like we're 40, so we should be somewhere in the middle. But if it's higher to where a 70-year-old would be, well, that doesn't tell me shit, right? That tells me that there's something actually wrong with my libido. Yeah. And the problem with lab work, just to Mm -hmm. point this out, is that normal is what the population. And as the last 30 years that we've all gotten with obesity and all these chronic diseases that everybody has is those lab ranges Mm -hmm. change to fit normal, which normal for our population is a pretty unhealthy, sick population. So just because it's normal doesn't mean it's healthy or good for you. And everybody has their own levels of where they feel good right so like your testosterone may be normal but you might need it to be higher in order to feel better to feel good and happy yeah right yeah i so i agree with taking testosterone taking um pt 141 i love all of that it makes me feel so much happier it makes me feel like i want to get randy with my man (laughs) it is so good right and I know that this journey that I've been on the last several months, my hormones are out of whack again. I need mm-hmm. to go back in for blood work. I need to get them all normalized. I probably have to adjust my testosterone levels. I think I might need some estrogen. Like yeah. there's so many things I need to do to adjust my body so that I can be intimate with my husband. Right. We don't necessarily need to go to therapy right now. No. But this is but one way had... that we can fix 
what's going on with us in the bedroom. Yeah. So if you have a low libido and you don't know why, definitely find Go out the doctor and figure yeah. it out. And like Amanda said, don't settle for never Welcome wanting to, to 40 or this yeah. is normal. Don't listen to people that If it say doesn't that. feel normal, then it's not normal. It's not normal. And, but if you have other issues, like your husband wants to do things sexually that you don't want to do, or they have a super high libido and you don't or whatever, then that might that, need therapy yeah, because for sure. it is hard. I think sometimes explaining to a spouse or like, let's say you tried explaining it to your spouse. Let's say you try to communicate mm -hmm. and they're not getting it or they don't hear you or they're not sympathetic or whatever the reason. Sometimes yeah. it helps to bring in that therapist about it. Yeah, yeah. or they're assholes. Yeah. Because I know that my husband and I have had times not around sex, but like where I had issues with certain things in my relationship. And I told him like so many times that it bothered me. And as soon as we went to a therapist and the therapist said, you need to listen to your wife. This is what she's saying. And he said exactly what I've said 50 million times. All of a sudden, my husband got it. So <laughs> maybe it sometimes takes an outside person to say that to your spouse. Yeah. And I know that for another one of my best friends, too, in her relationship recently was the same thing. She was saying something to her husband repeatedly and he just didn't get it. And then an outside person pointed it out and he was like, oh, OK. Oh, so that's so much wiser really than we are. Does work. And I don't know why. For some reason, sometimes you're too close. Yeah. And they don't hear you. So you have to like think outside the box or go see somebody. Mm -hmm. But if you are struggling in a relationship and you are dealing with these issues and it's a problem for you, again, might not be a problem for you. You should definitely seek out help or I know it's hard to confide in friends about that stuff, but maybe sometimes you'll open up and they have the same problem mm -hmm. or maybe they don't. <laughs> we opened up. But yeah, so we opened up on want. this. Yeah. And I was going to say that like you can yeah. also DM us at Mob Squad Podcast on Instagram. We'd be happy to hear from you and be your support system if that's what you need. Anything else? We'll see you oh, next. What's for dinner tonight? What are oh. you having? Well, we're going out to dinner, but what are you guys doing? I don't know. I have a doctor's appointment. Oh, I know what we're doing. We're ordering pizza. Oh, my, oh my gosh. Son we is had... going to the Suns game tonight. Ooh, fun. I know. That's what he got for his birthday. That's so, so fun. So my husband, he chose my husband because mm -hmm. he's a boy. That's yeah. what he said. He's like, what that? Who watches oh, the Suns game with man. you every day? Every time the Suns are on, who watches it? You who do. tells you the highlights? Who tells you about the trades or what, all the cool stuff he that's chose going on? Dad. The injuries. Yeah, because he has a penis. Awful. So but he's like, if you want, you can take me to a Lakers Sun game in LA next season. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Get right on that. No, we just had pizza last night from NYPD. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Their dough is amazing. It's ridiculous. Somebody told me that they have their water flown into from yes, New York. Yes, that's what my husband said. So I don't know if on, that's a rumor. Does on the box, I know. I don't know if that's true that? either. I think what they do is make the dough with the water in New York and then ship the dough. I mean, oh. that to me sounds smarter, right? Why would you You're ship water? So smart. Well, on the box, it says... Something about using New York water. I don't remember exactly oh, it what does. it says. It's so good. But, and I, city water sounds disgusting. What's happening to me. over here? I don't know. I'm just, I like to do that. So <laughs> I'm just touching my just boobs. Touching. Always. She's doing a breast exam. I'm <laughs> doing a breast exam. Sorry. <laughs> that means I'm comfortable with you. I'm just like, she's really loving this pizza. <laughs> oh my God. This pizza, though. I'm telling yeah, you, I could care it's less so about crust. I don't care about How bread. Wait, first of all, you're eating pizza again. Well, no. Oh. This was like, Special. I've been on a bad streak since my birthday. And then I looked at the scale today and I was like, I got to go back to eating yeah, salads. Anyways, just be ha fat and happy. It was so like good. <laughs> so You're good. not fat. fat and happy. You're not. Stop it. Yeah. I would, except that I don't fit in my clothes. And now plum. I have to go buy They have bigger clothes. Don't worry. <laughs> they have bigger clothes. Don't worry. <laughs> 
yeah, but I did that. I don't want to. I don't want to buy. No, I'm just kidding. I support a whole you. new wardrobe. <sighs> Me either. Okay, so pizza. If you haven't tried NYPD, get no, it. I have so it's like this, I love it. I'm it's telling the audience. Oh, NYPD. <laughs> It does totally check well, what, out. Are you guys going to get that tonight? When I mean, I am it? now. Usually we go to <laughs> Barrows, so but good. tonight I'm going to splurge uh, on NYPD. Barrows has nothing on that crust. Yeah, I agree totally. It is so good. They don't deliver, I don't think, to my house, though, because it's a tiny bit too far. Oh, they deliver to us. We're not that far apart. You are. You're like two miles from that place, and I'm like six miles from oh, that place. I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. NYPD is happening. Okay. Maybe I'll pick it up. Yeah, that's what I did last night, just because I didn't want to pay for the extra charge or dollar delivery no it was like six or six or seven or something all All right right. see you next time we'll see you next time thanks for listening bye